0: We're going to look at Friday in the NBA, Black Friday, 10 games on. There's an early start. We look at streams, we look at injuries, we look at what's on my radar, and Michael Bolton's here. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On podcast network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I'm turning this channel into an Astro Boy retrospective show. And I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always, at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball, and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Thank you also for making Locked on Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free, and we are available on all platforms. 10 games on Friday. If you're in the Locked on Fantasy Basketball Bowl, there will be an adjustment to the waiver time because there is a game at 2.30 p.m. Eastern. So I will set the waiver time to 1.30 p.m. Eastern. That's what we do when there are early games on. So you still have your usual 10 a.m. And then there's the 1.30 one as well. Um, So yeah, early games. There's a couple of early games, actually. There's that one, which is the first of the day, which is the Boston game. And then there's also a 5 p.m. game. And then we start the other ones at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Weird schedule. And we go real late as well with a... 2.30, well, 2.30 my time, actually, so what's that? That's the 7.30 West or Pacific time. Yeah, weird, weird day. Weird day in terms of schedule, but there are 10 games, and we're going to talk about them right here in the show as we look ahead to Friday's action. We talk streamers. We talk all of that stuff. That's what we do in these shows. So let's look at the current injury report. As per usual, as I put these things up, some more news has dropped. So what did drop in the time of me doing this is Boyan Bogdanovich and Joe Harris are out for Friday, but Jalen Duran is off the injury report. So you'll see them come up later on this show where you talk about them being questionable. Duran is in, Bogdanovich is out, Harris is out, and Jalen Brown has popped up with that groin problem again for Boston. So obviously if he is out, then we get the Pritchard and we get the Hauser bump in production, most likely for those guys. But everything else at this point is sort of spot on. The other thing with the Grizzlies, we're still waiting on an update on Des Bain, who did seem to sprain his ankle last game. I haven't heard officially whether he is in or out, but they are signing Jalen Noel and Big Shaq Harrison to contracts because of their injury issues. And Shaq, if Shaq plays 25 minutes, absolutely a 12-team league player. He might average five assists, five rebounds, three steals. He is an unbelievable fantasy player. Noel is a scorer who's in and out, right? Shaq Harrison, better than Gilliard. And if they gave him minutes and they are intimately familiar with Big Shark Harris and the Grizzlies are, he would be absolutely someone that we take a look at to see if they use him, especially if Bain is out. If Bain is out, then, mate, anything's on the cards uh, for that team. What we do know in terms of being out when Del Carter is out, Markel Fultz is officially out. We thought he would be. This continues on, this Fultz thing. It's really, really hard to keep him rostered at this point. Uh, Xavier Tillman is out. Drew Smith is out. It sounds like Drew's going to be out for a little bit of time for the Heat, which is important because Tyler Hero is out. And their point guard depth or guard depth is not its not robust. There's no nobody there. And Smith sort of gets minutes sometimes. So that helps Huckers. It helps Richardson. It helps Lowry, obviously. I would think we're looking at multi-weeks there for old Drew Smith. The headmaster is likely out. I think he could return um, across their next game, maybe. he—he's not a, I haven't seen the official on Jamal Murray being out. I think he is out, but we haven't got that official yet. And this is the final game of Draymond Green's suspension. I'm also assuming that CJ McCollum is out. He is back at practice, but it doesn't feel like he's going to be ready to play. So I'm going to assume that he is out. Trey Murphy is out. Matty Ryan is out. But Murphy and McCollum, they could be back, I would think, as early as next week. That is possible. I have listed personally myself, Drew Eubanks, and Norman Powell as doubtful. Powell left last game with groin soreness. We've seen this numerous times. You have a groin issue that causes you to miss a game. You're probably out a week. And Eubanks sprained his ankle and didn't return. So I'm going to guess he misses more than half a game. I don't know this for sure. That has not been confirmed. But I do not expect Eubanks to play. I do not expect Powell to play. I had Joe Harris as doubtful. He has been officially downgraded to out. So we know that one now. And then there is the Des Bane one. who At the moment, like I had him questionable. I've written here QD. Like that is questionable, leaning doubtful for me with that sprained ankle where he was limping pretty heavily. Um, the, the team's obviously not going anywhere uh, at the moment, so I wouldn't be so. I would lean more. Like normally, the official designation is 50% unquestionable, 25% doubtful, and 75% probable. In reality, it's 90% probable, 50% questionable. It's actually 46% questionable and 10% doubtful. I put Bane sort of in the middle. Like he's probably a 30% chance to play would be my guess. Complete guess. Nothing official, no sources, no news. Complete guess. Yuda Watanabe is... I'm going to put him as questionable. I think he's probably closer to doubtful as well. But we do know officially that Bam Adebayo is questionable. Orlando Robinson's the guy that I use there. Even though Kevin Love will return, Tom Bryant is not it, and I don't think they start... uh, Or maybe they do start Love at center, but Robinson would be the guy that I'd look at. And then the other Robinson, Dunk Robinson, he is officially questionable too. Now, if he is out then we are absolutely just firing up Jaime Huckers, Kyle Lowry, and then coming in behind will be Josh Richardson. Zach Levine, I don't know if I've got an... Oh, we do have an official update on Levine. He is officially questionable with that foot issue. So, yeah, we'll see you there. Precious Achua, also officially questionable. Obviously, if Levine misses, Kobe White is the guy we look at, and Patrick Williams will start and probably do nothing. Like I said before, Bojan Bogdanovic, I did have questionable. He did practice, but he's out. So his return's got to be imminent. Jalen Duran is returning, the old passport legend. And then the Pacers guys, when I created this, I didn't have the official statuses, but I do now. Smith is officially questionable. Andrew Nembhard is officially questionable as well. If they are out, then TJ McConnell gets the bump. And if Smith is out, it's Toppen with a little bit of Jordan Wara thrown in there. And Toppen does get that big stream boost if... Um, Neesmith is sidelined for the Kings Keegan Murray missed last game with a back problem yeah I, I would say it's almost a true questionable at this point that's not an official status and the other one is Bilal Kulabali who sprained his ankle I think with 17 seconds left in that game against the Hornets we have got nothing official on that yet but it is something to watch they subbed him out um, straight away as that happened the other one to maybe watch is that DeMontus Sabonis got whacked in the mouth with about 20 seconds left in the Kings game too and he um, uh, oh, was it, actually no sorry that was in the half my bad my bad or oh, was it the end of the game uh, now I can't remember. Too much stuff happened on Wednesday. Anyway, just watch the Sabonis one with his mouth. Uh, but Murray officially questionable, or not officially, I think he's questionable. And then Bilal, we just got to watch that because he did hurt his ankle um, towards the end of that game. So that is that is something for us to pay uh, some attention to, to see whether he does play. If he is out, then Corey Kispert would have to get a bump and a little bit more there into Denny Avdia and Prob Pro- John Davis. Prob John, probably Johnny Davis as well. Today's episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. Buying tickets shouldn't be frustrating. Why should it be? You are trying to do something fun. So why should it be just an absolute hassle to get tickets, hidden prices, annoying um, interfaces, situations where you can't even see what you're going to be able to see from that seat. They have killer deals, last minute deals, price guarantees. um, The view from your seat at Game Time as well. All this stuff is awesome. Plus, their own deals. One of the features I think is really good where you go in and just you pick a bay, you pick an area, and you go, uh, here, somewhere. And they go, don't worry, guys, I got you. And they will choose what seat that you sit in. And on average, you can save up to 18% on tickets that way, which is a great way of getting to see what you want to see in the area you want to see it from and doing it at a cheaper price. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app and create an account. Use the code lock.NBA. For $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem the code L O C K E D O N N B A for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. So, that will. Uh, oh, what's that going to bring us into? Oh, that is going to actually bring us under the lens. And I didn't tell you where we were going here, but we are going into San Antonio. And we're looking at a player whose value has dropped off significantly. And it's trade junk. Because. We see the clips every day about get the Spurs a real point guard. Look at what they're doing to Wemby. I think Sohan's improved. I think he's actually looked better. And I, for one, not for one, because I'm pretty sure the Spurs believe the same thing as me. We don't believe that Trey Jones is it. We don't believe that Trey Jones is a starting point guard. Because if they believed Trey Jones was a starting point guard, they would assign him to starting point guard money. And they would play him as a starting point guard. But they don't. So, what has been going on with Trey Jones of late? Let's take a look. And it's ugly. And I I don't really find any justification at this point for Trey Jones to be a 12-team league player in points or categories. Over the last week, he's played three games. He's averaging just 21 minutes a night. And he's the 286th ranked player in minus one rankings per game. He is 241st in points leagues, averaging 13 fantasy points. 13. 13. He's averaging three assists per game, and that's literally his only strength. He's getting assists at this point. He's shooting 38.1 true shooting, which is dreadful, and he is a bad shooter. Last season, he shot 29% from three and had a true shooting of 53%, and it's it's worse. It's way worse at the moment. Over the last three games, 17% from three, 40% from two, and he is 67% from the line. All of that is ugly. He's also, again, only three assists per game. Some of that is his teammates. Some of that is the lower minutes. But his assist rate per 36 this season is a little bit down from last year. It was 8.1 last season. It is now at 7.7 this season. And it's at 5.2 over his last four games. In saying all of that, he has the best on-off on this entire team. The best, plus 19.9. This is a very bad team, the San Antonio Spurs. And part of, again, there is a lot of context required in on-off stuff, especially early in the season. There are some wild and big numbers. But he leads at a plus 19.9. And of the regular rotation players, the worst is Chetty Osman, the Discman, at negative 12.8. And the next is Jeremy Sohan at a negative 11.7. The other starters, Vassell, Positive. Keldon Johnson, positive. Victor Wemenyama, positive. Zach Collins, plus 9.4. So again, when we look at what he is doing, I don't think that he's a starting point guard very clearly. But if they actually do want to win games, it has been shown relatively clearly across these 15 games that Trey Jones, with the starters, makes this team significantly better. That is a positive for him. But the team's not looking to win. They're not Tom Thibodeau.ing We must win every single game at every single moment. That's not what they're trying to do. Right? That, that just isn't. So while we can argue that he's better out there as that point guard and as that distributor, all well and good, but that's not what they're trying to do. His passer rating, according to Crafted NBA, is the same as last season, and that's a 98th percentile. So he's still putting up good numbers, but his assist rate has dropped his turnover rate has increased. And he used to be an actual god in those numbers. But that has, that has all switched over a little bit. His creation and his load numbers, uh, his offensive load is actually down from where it was last season. They're just doing less with him versus what he, he did last season. And I just, again, they are in full evaluation mode. And Sohan's been better the last couple of games. And every game I think that Sohan has that's better or good or plays 30-plus minutes it adds at least another week onto the length of that experiment. And I do not think that Trey Jones, and even if Trey Jones was to reassume, reassume? Reassume the starting point guard job, would he play 31 minutes? No, I don't think so. He'd be like the 110th best player playing 27 minutes and being absolutely mid. So it he, he can be better than this for Trey, but I don't think it's anywhere close to being worth the hold. In 12 team leagues. You might disagree. And if you do, please, please drop it down below and let me know. Who are the teams that have a back-to-back on Friday, Saturday? There are four of them. The Pelicans, the Wizards, the Clippers, and the Heat. All have that Friday, Saturday, back-to-back. You might be able to use a stream on Friday with only 10 games on. I say only. 10 is my cutoff, right? Less than 10, definite stream day. 10 and above, probably not. But maybe. You have a look. See how your roster looks. Again, on Wednesday, on a 14-game day, I actually had a stream slot available somehow. I had I had a spot. But that's, again, that's why I can't address everything for everybody at all points. 10 is usually not a stream day, but it might be. So have a look at it. And then you can take advantage maybe of a Friday, Saturday back-to-back. But we'll talk more about chunks and two-for-ones later in the show. Let's look at the streams of the day now. For 10-team leagues in categories, I am going to go back to Santi Aldama. I am Not expecting Desmond Bain to play. I'm not expecting Aldama to be the guy he was two games ago, but I'm also expecting him to be better than he was last game. So he is a 10-team stream. For 12s, I'm looking at Kyle Anderson with Jaded McDaniels out. For 14s, I'm looking at Sticks, Jalen Smith in Indiana, who's putting up good numbers in limited minutes. And for 16, which you could also look for 14, I'm looking at Caleb Martin, who played 26 minutes last game, got his steals, scored okay. I don't think he's a 12-team up, but I do think that he is deep league value. In terms of points, whether it's Yahoo or ESPN, Eric Gordon still remains available in over 50% of leagues. Um, so yeah, he is absolutely worth a stream in both points formats. It's always going to be a little bit iffy between him and Grayson and Allen, but as a general rule, I will look to Eric Gordon as the guy that I want to take a crack at over a Grayson Allen, understanding that it could always blow up in my face. Today's episode is also brought to you by FanJul. The NBA season is here, and you can score early with FanJul America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins, and there are plenty of teams to target in the NBA. Who's going up against the Spurs? The Wizards? The Pistons? They're all very, very good targets to try and get yourself a Moneyline win and get those bonus bets. And then with the bonus bets, all the other bet types open up on FanJul parlays, over-unders, sides, spreads, toes. Totals, player props, futures, it's all there. I'm sure I doubled up on some of those as well, but it's all there over at FanDuel. So go to Fangio.com slash on, and you can tip off this NBA season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL and don't forget to gamble responsibly. We're getting close to the end of the in-season tournament. Friday is another in-season tournament day. Week seven is finals week. And again, I will throw this out there again just to let you guys know that you will see no games scheduled in Week 7. None. Every team will play two games in Week 7. The schedule is just not out. Now, Fantrax has put this out, and I believe that ESPN and Yahoo will do the same. But what they have come out, and they have put it out, and they said that the championship game for the in-season tournament will not count towards fantasy, which is what we expected. So every team plays two games. And that final game just does not count. Whatever questions you have, people ask this, man, but what if I've got them in my active lineup and they played, does it count towards a game? No, nothing counts. It's a zero. It's an absolute nothing for the two teams in that final game. Officially confirmed on FanJul and most likely on Yahoo and ESPN. I don't think they go a different direction. Again, this is not going to be part of the regular season statistics feed, so I don't think it's going to count. Really confident in saying that. So that's where we're at. In-season tournament is here. We've got like a week and a half to go of it, but week seven is when it all starts to come together. What's on my radar for another in-season tournament day? Here, the first game, this is the early game. As I mentioned, it is Boston and Orlando. Drew Holiday has been struggling. The shot is just not going in for Drew, who's been a 50-plus percent two-point guy basically his whole career, and he's rolling at about 45 at the moment. That's not to do with usage or the good teammates around him. That's just the shot not going in. Now, maybe you could argue, you might be able to, that Drew is on. Maybe he's washed. I don't think he is at all. But the shot is not going in. And when you are of a certain age, like Drew Holiday, at some point, efficiency falls away. It does drop. It probably doesn't drop two, or no, probably doesn't drop seven percentage points on twos, but it might drop three. That happens. So we want to watch that. And then for the Magic, Anthony Black is probably going to get another start. I just want to dig in a little bit on him. Now, I come from a biased perspective here. I did not think that Anthony Black was the sixth best player in this draft. I thought that there were plenty of players drafted after him that were better. And I did not like him from a fantasy perspective either. And I have been, I'm not going to say I'm vindicated, because I'm not. It's fucking 10 games into the bloke's career. But I wouldn't say he's looked great out there. And the production's been nothing. And while he's starting in place of Fultz, it's not giving us anything. But let's see if we can spark it up. Let's see if we can do something different. In terms of streams, Al Horford's always going to be a solid stream in Boston. But if Jalen Brown is out, we've got Pritchard and Hauser who probably leap ahead of him. And then Goga Badadze for the Magic, who's played 30-plus in the last two games, which is very, very encouraging. But you've also got Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs if he's available, and then Mo Wagner or John Isaac. They just have tons of streaming options, the Orlando Magic, who have the NBA's best defense, apparently. Not apparently, they do. Depends on the metric you look at, of course. Phoenix and Memphis is the next game, another early one. Um, Devin Booker is what I want to watch in Phoenix. Is it because I think he's not good or bad or very good or whatever? No, I just want to watch this assist number because it's been awesome. He is profiling as a first round guy. The assist number continues to be huge. And I don't know that it changes if or when Bradley Beal returns. And I say if, because I don't know. Book has been great. For the Grizzlies, we want to look at the other side of things because Jaron's been dreadful. The shots aren't falling, the blocks aren't there. And while I predicted a decline in him, not like this, so he absolutely is on Bilo watch as long as you don't have the expectation that he does what he did last season. But let's see, can we get something going, oh my guy? It might be really tough if Bane misses though. Grayson Allen, Eric Gordon, they're both good streams for the Suns. And that could be Johnny Concha, especially if Desi Bane misses. We've got Concha, we've got Gilead, we've got Harrison, you've got Aldama. There's a lot of different names you can look at streaming options there in Memphis, Biombo, given who is likely going to be out or who is actually confirmed out. Miami and the Knicks is the next one. I want to see Caleb Martin, not because I think that he's a great 12-team league guy, but what is his role? He played 26 minutes last game. Does that push to 29? Because that puts him onto the fringes of 12s. Let's see how they use him, because Hayward Highsmith played well last game too. And then Dante DiVincenzo, and that's just like a placeholder for the minutes between him and Grimes and Quickly and Hart. Because DiVincenzo moved to the bench, Grimes started, but he got the minutes. And he got him over Hart with Barrett reduced as well and Quickly reduced. I think that situation just is going to remain a gigantic mess. In terms of streams, it is Lowry to me in Miami, but it could be Haquez that you throw in there as well. You could throw Caleb Martin, and then for the Knicks, Divincenzo probably is the best available stream because Josh Hart's picked up in too many spots, and I'm not sure that needs to be the case. The Chicago Bulls and the Toronto Raptors. I want to watch, what is on my radar, is watching Vooch. Because you know that I was down on Vooch where Vooch was getting picked in the third round of drafts early on in draft season this year. And I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in that. I had him around the 50, 54 sort of mark. And then he started to drop. Um, and at the moment, I believe he's 52nd in per game numbers. Because there were just a few things that I didn't buy. And that was the efficiency uh, last season, which did spike. And that has fallen off. But it's also fallen to a degree where I think there's significant room for it to improve still. His usage has been higher in games, but there's just no consistency with Vuc. So let's see what he does, if, especially if Zach Levine does not play here. For the Raptors, Jakub Perdle, can we get some consistency in his role as well? 21 minutes, 29 minutes, 24 minutes? Good shots, good passes. Like, which one is it? I, I don't really still know how to understand how his role looks. It'll probably help if Precious Achua is out. And we don't know that at this point. In terms of streams for the Bulls, uh, Tory Craig, assuming that uh, Kobe White has not been grabbed. Uh, Craig is probably a better option than Pat Williams, but they're all pretty rough. Like Caruso and White are your two priorities, but they're likely gone. And then for the Raptors, Gary Trent, that is the ultimate stream for him. You don't do anything else with Gaza outside of streaming him in, and you do not need to hold him uh, under most circumstances. The Detroit Pistons and the Indiana Pacers. Well, it would have been nice to see what happens with Boyan Bogdanovich, but he's not going to play, but we are going to get Jalen Duran back. I want to see Asar Thompson because the last couple of games have been a little bit disappointing. Some stupid fouls. He's going to have rough shooting numbers. How does the rebounds look with Duran They were great early on in the season, and that completely nuked someone like Cade's rebounds, who will push back up. Let's see how Asar is used in this scenario. Um, and then for the Pacers, Obi Toppin. Two big games in a row, two 30-minute-plus games in a row. Obviously, circumstances around those. If Neesmith is out, does he get another 30? Does he stay on the bench and play 18 if Neesmith returns? That's something we do need to watch. And if he gets 28 again off the bench, maybe the bench roll suits him, then I would be okay with grabbing him. Stream options, we do look at Jaden Ivey there, who is starting, not doing anything, but is starting, and that's interesting enough. And then Jalen Smith, despite the low minutes, is a good option. But we've seen Rick Carlisle many, many times reduce the minutes of Miles Turner and get someone else in there randomly, and that's usually Jalen Smith, although we did get some small ball Obi Toppin against the Hawks. The next game is the Kings and the Timberwolves. I do want to watch Fan of Pants' Kevin Herter. I want to see how he and um, Leaky Monk and Chris Duarte uh, uh, are used. We've seen this for Mike Brown so many times. If Duarte you – know, if Herter gets, Herter gets hot and hits early shots, he'll play 33. If Herder misses a couple, he'll play 23. We saw that a million times last season. We've seen it already multiple times this season – That when he's hot, he plays, and when the shots don't fall, he's useless. This happens continually. Remember, he lost the starting job in preseason. He gained it back, he started slow, he went off, and he's back to being bad again. Just watching how he gets utilized is is something there. And then for the Wolves, Carl anthony Towns is on a nice little hot streak. He actually generated really good defensive stats last game. His usage is a little higher than I expected, so how he keeps fitting into the rotation or more to the offensive pecking order is something to pay attention to. In terms of streams, I do want to watch Trey Lyles. you got the backup center and backup power forward minutes. Got them over Sasha Vizankov. I want to see if those big minutes for Lyles were mainly influenced by Keegan Murray being out or if he's just going to play 27 a night every night. Because that's interesting if he plays 27. And then Kyle Anderson's the guy that I look at over Nikhil Alexander Walker. You can still look at Alexander Walker, but Kyle is still the guy that I would take the go at, take the crack at. The Washington Wizards and the Milwaukee Bucks, is Kyle Kuzma now their point guard? Me and Adam King looked at this on the um on the early show today on the mailbag show to see where are Kuzma's assists going. And he's basically diming up Dan Gafford and Tyus Jones. And I think he's thrown one assist in the last two games to Jordan Poole, which was staggering to me. Because we initially thought, well, okay, Kuzma's assists are way up. Jordan Poole's shots are way up. Is Kuzma facilitating Poole? No, he's not. He's feeding down to Gafford and feeding to Tyus Jones somehow. So how they keep using him is very intriguing. And then I want to watch Brook Lopez, who started poorly. Adrian Griffin changed the scheme. His blocks went crazy. And now his offense was great. Is Brook Lopez just back to being the same guy as last season? It's remarkable if he is, but it, it, he's been good the last what, five, six, seven games. He's been really good. I would stream Bilal Kulubili if he plays. Otherwise, it's probably Corey Kispert who moves into that spot. And then for the Bucks, it is Leaky Beasley. Probably look at him with a little bit more upside than Bob Portis at the moment. They are not using Portis particularly much at all, unfortunately. Denver and Houston is the next game. Um, I want to see how Christian Brown is used. He's had a couple of solid games, still not enough for me to care in 12-teamers, but he is the priority over guys like Pickett and Strouder and Peyton Watson and those sort of guys, and there's going to be occasional one where he goes off. Well, for the Rockets, Fred Bleet has played like 40 minutes in six of the last seven games, I believe it is. So we worried, like, maybe he'll lose a couple of minutes heading from Toronto to Houston, and my thing was, yeah, maybe he loses one or two, but Yudoka played insane minutes in Boston, and VanVleet's playing more, which I, I, no way I predicted that. His assist numbers are huge, but his steal numbers haven't been there. But he got them last game. Is that a turnaround? We watch that. For streams, Reggie Jackson continues to be a stream as long as the headmaster is out. And then Tari Eason, especially when you're looking for defensive stats and rebounds, he is the stream on the Houston side. The Spurs and the Warriors, the Warriors need a win, man. They are really struggling. The Spurs are obviously struggling, but they're not looking to win the way the Warriors are. So let's see what happens. I want to watch Jeremy Sohan because the last couple of games have been better. Assist numbers are up. Minutes are up. More importantly... The shooting is a little bit better. It's still not great. I'm okay with having him on my roster, um, but I think there's going to be inconsistency. But if we can just iron out some of that and play 32 a night, he will be a must-roster guy. He's not quite there yet for me. And for the, for the Warriors, I do um, I do want to watch Clay Thompson. I, people get so upset, man, if I say that uh, Clay was on washed watch. What are you going to say now, man? He's back. He's back. You're so disrespectful. He was dreadful. He was really bad. So we're watching. Is he washed? And the last two games have been better. So probably not is the answer. Although him and the starting lineup got rooted, absolutely destroyed last game. So maybe they're all washed. They're not. Curry's not, but Wiggins is washed. Clay's I don't know. They look dreadful. And it was the bench, Sharice, Pajemski that got them back into the game. So let's watch what Clay Thompson does. In terms of streams, Osmond's probably the Spurs guy, but honestly... You're not streaming him. And then Sharic outplayed Looney the last two games. We watched his role. We watched Pajemski's role as well there in Golden State. The Pelicans and the Clippers. um, Still not expecting CJ or Trey to be there. So let's watch Herb Jones. The shot predictably fell off last game, but he's still generating. I think he had three steals and one block in that game. His steal and block numbers have been huge, but I'm more interested in usage, ball handling, and shooting that's the swing between him being a back-end defensive guy versus a top 60 guy who contributes everywhere. In terms of the Clippers, Westbrook, the three games off the bench, bad, mid, okay. Trending upwards. Is that going to be the thing? And I do think that the more that they lean into Daniel Tice, the better that Tice plays, the more they're able to play Westbrook out there. Tice spreads spaces. Zubats does not. So the better that Tice plays... I think the more that Westbrook plays. And that is something to watch. I will still stream Dyson Daniels even though he's not probably a must roster anymore. And then Tyce actually moves into the stream spot there for the Clippers with the way that he has been playing. And that is the 10 games done. So let's look at the two-for-ones. The Friday-Saturday combos. Who are the best options we look at there? I am going to go with Jaime Hakez, um, Dyson Daniels. Bilal Kulabili if he plays. Caleb Martin. Josh Richardson. Corey Kispert. Obviously we put Duncan Robinson and Kyle Lowry above at the top of that list, Uh, but they're likely gone in in most um, competitive 12-team formats. I would go Huckers, Daniels, Kalabali, Martin, Richardson, Kispert. Remembering that if you do that Friday, Saturday, back-to-back, you don't get the Saturday, Sunday, back-to-back going. Chunks is where it gets interesting. I'm not going to include Friday because it's 10 games on, but Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday are all low-volume days, and there are a couple of teams that we can take a look at who have three games in four nights, they play Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday. The Hawks and the Nets. So, Sadiq Bay and DeAndre Hunter, three games, three quality games in the next five days. Lonnie Walker, Dayron Sharp, Royce O'Neal, and Dorian Finney-Smith. Now, you know, heard me talk at length about Lonnie Walker on the Wire show yesterday. Well, if you didn't go back and listen to it, I don't think he's particularly good or reliable or consistent. But I'm assuming that Thomas and Simmons are all still out. Probably Dennis Smith as well. So And given this little bunch of value for the Nets and for the Hawks players, guys that I don't like, Hunter or O'Neill or Walker or Bay, the volume of games for the limited ad makes them more interesting. Let's talk now just about 10-team stream options for Friday. We start with Santi Aldama, Kyle Anderson, Eric Gordon, Goga Badadze, Dario Saric and Leaky Monk. All should be available in a lot of 10-team leagues. For 12-team leagues, this is more, again, towards categories. We're looking at Kyle Anderson, Goga Badadze, uh, Dario Sharic, Aaron Smith if he plays, Grayson Allen, and Reggie Jackson. For deeper formats, Smith sits at the top of that list. If he is out, you might look at Nuara in that spot. Um, Kayla Martin, Johnny Concha, Jalen Smith, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who's available everywhere, and Johnny Isaac, who minutes have pushed down a little bit, but still got some really interesting stream value. And lastly, we look at points league streaming. More, more catered to Yahoo, but it will work on ESPN. Kyle Anderson, Gogo Badadze, Eric Gordon, Dario Sharic, Jeremy Sohan, and Reggie Jackson. All of these guys are available in over 50% of leagues. And guys, that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app if you are celebrating Thanksgiving. Enjoy it. Enjoy the food. Enjoy the family. Enjoy the football. Enjoy whatever else it is you do. If you don't celebrate it, enjoy the day without the NBA and have a look at your teams. Make some trades. Make some moves. Assess where you're at with your fantasy squads. And if you're on YouTube here, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.